All right, gentlemen, uh, bat signal. That's an inside joke. We'll go ahead and throw that into the sky as Nico Iamaliava. I guess it would be just a number eight where it would just be the word Nico in the sky. In all seriousness, things have changed now on Josh Heupel's program. We've got the news that Joe Milton has opted out, not just of the Citrus Bowl, but now the Nico era has begun. You know these two gentlemen, their feet in the facility daily. Noah Taylor, Ryan Sylvia to the right. We'll start with you, Ryan. Your thoughts on hearing the news. Number seven, he's done. Number eight, he's a go for Iowa in five days in the Citrus Bowl. I think you have to start by giving some props to Joe Milton and kind of the mentality that he brought to Tennessee football where he could have been a guy that was a, a two-time transfer after coming to Tennessee when he lost the starting job to Hendon Hooker back in Heupel's first season in 2021 and, and left from there and, and looked for maybe an easier path to play time, knowing that this was Hendon Hooker's team, not just for 2021, but also for 2022. But he stuck things out. He he came back. He played his, his final three seasons at Tennessee. And there was – it wasn't perfect. It, it wasn't seamless. It, it wasn't the greatest season in Tennessee football history. But they won eight games. And, and I think it was overall a mostly successful year. So I think you start there – you give Joe some props, but at the same time, I think that this is good news for Tennessee football because now you get that true freshman who's going to be a redshirt freshman next year, some real opportunity against a really good Iowa defense in maybe not the most pressurized situation to be able to get him some reps, get him comfortable, get him used to being a starting quarterback at a college SEC power five level in a bowl game. So I think on one hand, Thank you, Joe, if you're a Tennessee fan. On the other hand, good news for Tennessee football as they go forward into the future. Noah Taylor, Happy New Year. Yeah, you too, buddy. Uh, yeah, I, I think the same thing. I mean, it's uh, a good glimpse, I guess. Not even really a glimpse from beginning to end. You're going to get to see Nico, which I know fans have, have clamored for all year. You know, it, it didn't really get to shake out that way for him to get a lot of reps uh, during the season. It was ob obviously – I know the coaching staff talked about wanting to – you know, kind of burn that red shirt and give him some opportunities. Didn't get a chance to do that. Now you get to keep that red shirt uh, and he gets to play in a, in a game against a really good Iowa team. That's going to, I think, test him a lot. You know, that's one of, I think, uh, they're top 10 nationally in run defense. They're top 10 nationally in, in pass defense. It's going to be a really good test for him. Uh, and, and some of these young receivers, too, that have had to step up this year. I think, you know, you, you get a lot of that offensive linebacker, I know we're still waiting on Spragans. He's obviously not going to play anyway with the injury. Sure. Um, Jalen Wright's going to be out of this game. Jabari Small is going to be out of this game. So it's going to be Dylan Sampson's show too. And you pair that with these young receivers. I think it helps having those offensive line guys, those tight ends. They, you know, this is their last game as well for Colin Castles and, and Jacob Warren. Uh, but I think that's going to, there's going to be a pretty solid supporting cast around him that's going to help out. But overall, you're going to see a lot of guys that will be back next year too. So I think it's going to be a, a pretty exciting game if you're a Tennessee fan. I know usually I set the ball up on the tee for you two and you guys go back and forth. But you know what? If I may, I think everything you said, Ryan, is spot on. Thank you, Joe, for everything that he was able to do for this program. And I came on doing this show, my local stuff in Knoxville, and I said, this arguably might be the most important stretch in Tennessee football history in some time. And this is what I meant by that. Hidden Hooker gave you everything you needed, a strong showing that got you to an Orange Bowl and made New Year Six realization come back to fruition that some fans thought it would take a lot longer to happen. Year two in Josh Heupel, you're taking on Clemson in the Orange Bowl. Wow, awesome. 
Then you have the bridge season that was going to be Joe Milton to the prodigy, to the highest recruit, to a man that people are being already holding high to the stature of Peyton Manning. So how do you get from Hidden Hooker to Nico Iamaliava, the bridge that is Joe Milton? This season, in my opinion, adjectives is described as a disappointment, not a failure, not a failure, a disappointment. It's disappointing that you didn't show up in a game against Missouri. It's disappointing that you didn't find an answer to adjust at halftime against Alabama. It's disappointing that this was the first opportunity against Florida in a very long time where you could go to their house and pull the plug. Jimmy's and Joe's game against Georgia when you went eight and four. This is a disappointing season, but not one where you can find a way to have it end on a high note. And that's let the future of your program go up against what I believe. And for any of you out there who are new to me or new to everything this entity is, I spent five, six years covering Iowa and Iowa State in the Big Ten and the Big 12. I've seen this program that Tennessee is going to play in five days for many, many years covering it. And if there's any game that you want to have your future program quarterback know what he's got or make him burn his hand on the oven, Go up against Kirk Ferentz's pro-style defense. This is what he's going to see at the next level, gentlemen, when there's millions of dollars tied to his name, more than what he's already got tied to his name at the University of Tennessee. To me, it's so funny how we watch movies and stories and eventually the lanes come together. If there's any opportunity for somebody to go, take a knee, it's now time for you to learn how this is going to be moving forward. This is the first real test Nico's going to have. Close. That leads me to my next question. A lot of you, and no, I'll start with you. How many people are going to go, dang it, see, this is why you got to get them more reps in the regular season and blow out losses like Georgia, et cetera. I understand red shirt aside, it's so important. But no, if this guy is the next big thing, if Nico is the next Peyton Manning, red shirt be damned, he ain't going to stay here the full four years of his eligibility anyway. Where are you? Because I know there are listeners and viewers that are watching the three of us going, yeah, see, what do you do about it now? Where do you stand, Noah Stark? Yeah, I think ideally, you know, I get that argument. You think that would help going into a game? Because it does feel like you, you talked about it there. We talked about already how good this Iowa defense is. Yes. You are going to kind of get tossed to the wolves here. And I do agree with Ryan that it's a low-pressure yes. game in the sense that it is a bowl game. It is off of a, a – disappointing season so there's not Mm -hmm. I I think you should go into it with tampered expectations I think if you're Tennessee and that's asking a lot because like you said a a lot is expected out of Nico Yamaliava as well which is kind of unfair to him I think too but I I do think that's going to show up a little bit in this game Um, I don't know if you're going to ask this eventually in the show if it changes maybe our prediction because I I think all three of us I think all three of us have been pretty confident in Tennessee at least I have I think Ryan has as well uh, when we've talked about it I haven't really factored in Joe not playing yet. And I do think that that you will see. I still feel like Tennessee will win this game. But um, I, I do think there's going to be some moments where you do see Nico out there in, in a game where he's playing from beginning to end, where he's taking all of the reps. And you're like, yeah, it probably would have helped if, like you mentioned, that Georgia game, you know, when the game is out of reach, having him play most of that second half um, and, and getting reps in those kind of games. I, I do think that that will play a factor here. Uh, and you're right. I mean, it'll. it's asking a lot for Tennessee fans to maybe tamper their expectations, but I, I do think there's going to be a lot of arguments uh, on that side. Fine, I'll say it, Ryan, before you step in here. What are the expectations or what are the predictions? 
Last night, when I saw that the Iowa line got up to eight and a half, I went, <laughs> okay, with Joe Milton playing. I hammered the hell out of Iowa. Just now, I went to three different sports books. They've pulled the Tennessee-Iowa line off the market. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, they're not, they don't want anybody to get rich off this line. No. What, this is what I mean by that. Anybody who sees me say that going, there's Ivan's making it a gambling segment again. No, I'm not. What I'm doing here is the numbers tell the story. If you never place a bet in your life, you, listener, viewer, never place a bet, you can go on and you can see what Vegas, who's been making millions upon billions of dollars off our backs for years, going, what do they believe or how do they believe this story, this game will play out? The reason why is because the new, there is so much kind of, ambiguity if you will to what's happening right now they don't know where to dictate it so if you think we have questions or you have questions about how will tennessee look with nico iamaliava under center against iowa vegas has the same questions because they've pulled the game due to liability where they don't get bent backwards ryan sylvia your rebuttal uh i'll, I'll start with how that changes the game i think that I'll still take Tennessee and I'm still decently confident about it. And the reason is I'm not picking Tennessee because I thought they were going to score 40 points. I'm picking Tennessee because I'm not sure if Iowa scores a touchdown. And if they score a touchdown, they're almost certainly not scoring two. And I still have faith that Tennessee, even with the freshman at quarterback, still finds a way to maybe not even score over 20 points, right. but still score more than what this Iowa offense is going to produce. So maybe that that spread that you mentioned, maybe I, I can see that getting lowered. I can see the the margin of victory going down without the experience at quarterback now. But I'll still take Tennessee just because. I mean, I, I talked with with the guys over at Iowa's rival site yesterday, and and they were they were. I brought up the question: Hey, Tennessee has no one in the secondary alive. It feels like right now, but it's still on the roster. Accurate. And he said, he said Ryan. I don't know what your 40 time is, but you could guard these Iowa receivers in this offense right now. So, <laughs> Okay, in fairness, in fairness, now this is old head Ivans, old head Ivans. I still, look, I just got married eight months ago to an Iowa grad. I just got off my honeymoon with an Iowa grad. I, reluctantly, had to watch all of these Iowa games. I watched every Iowa football game this year, having no idea that this was going to be in the works at the end of the year. The same person who covers Iowa for the rival site, they sound like the same people who are I'm still best friend. I'm going to have my former co-host on on the local show today, and we're talking privately on the phone. Sorry, Todd. Get pissed. I don't care. We're talking on the phone with each other, and he goes, the only thing that Tennessee will lose to Iowa in is probably the drinking contest between the fan bases because there are some people out there that are just saying – Iowa doesn't have the, again, Jimmy's and Joe's that go up against Tennessee. Factor in transfer portal U gutting the volunteers right now. And guys, go back and just look at Iowa when they've played Mississippi State, who had a better roster. Do I need to remind you? By the way, perfect little homework tonight. Ryan, Noah, not you guys, because I know you guys have already done this. You watching and listening. Just YouTube, Iowa versus Texas Tech. When Mike Leach brought the Red Raiders to the Alamo Bowl, Josh Heupel's little mixture of the air raid, but he puts his little veer and shoot little angle in there. 
What do you think Iowa's defense with Phil Parker, who's been the same defensive coordinator since Ferentz took over in 98? Go look at what happened last time Phil Parker's defense took on an air raid-esque type offense. Final score of that game was like 1916. And Mike Leach was on the sideline doing this. I'm <laughs> telling you, don't let your fool, don't get fooled by Josh Dobbs' performance in Jacksonville eight years ago, seven years ago. Iowa can't score a touchdown. Yeah, you're right. They're ranked 130 in offense. Go look at their defense because you know what they want to do? Ryan, you know what they want to do? Noah, Iowa wants to do this. Let me have your dental records. I want to know who your ancestors are. I want your blood. I want your DNA. Whatever your identity is as a football team. Illinois, Indiana, Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, Tennessee, UCLA, Alabama. What's your identity? They want to take everything that's your identity. They want to bring you to the mud and go, you're not that for four quarters of football, and we don't give a damn if the final score is 16 to 15. We just want to win. This game is going to get ugly. And that was my two-minute rant on the soapbox. <laughs> Iowa is – guys, we're going to – I'm going to take you guys out to dinner. We're going to have ourselves a little fa-la-la-la jolly good time in Orlando. That four-quarter game that's going to happen at Camping World Stadium in five days is going to be you ain't got no alibi. No, I, I mean, I agree. I think it's... it's Tennessee wins, more... though. Tennessee wins, but you're going to go get me the hell out of Florida quickly yeah. as possible. I, I don't think... And going back to Nico, I don't think that it'll be a game where you're like, wow, I mean, he torched this defense. This is this and that. But I think that you have to look at it with those tampered expectations because of the Iowa defense, where you have to look at what, he, what options he has, what he's right. given, and what he does within that. You can't just look at the stat line at the end of the game and say, well, he only threw for one touchdown and did this and that. We need more than that. You you have to consider this Iowa defense into that equation. Going back to what you asked about maybe people saying, well, this is why he should have got reps earlier in the year sure. and this and that. Talking to people within the program, they are very high on Nico. They think that he could be that that guy that that you were talking about, that next Peyton Manning, the this and that. They think that he has the potential to be that, right? But what I've heard is that coming into the year, he was an 18-year-old freshman. He yeah. was a guy that needed time to develop. And they felt like the way to get that wasn't to play him a bunch necessarily very early in his career against these great teams, even when maybe the score got a little <laughs> lopsided and there was an opportunity to, to push him in. They wanted to give him time, and they didn't think he was necessarily ready. However, by the end of the season, those same people were saying the strides this kid has made since he got to campus, the development that he has shown since week one of the season against Virginia up until week or game 12 against Vanderbilt has been incredible to watch. And this kid is now very close, if not ready, to be that starting quarterback. So maybe earlier in the year, it wasn't necessarily the right time to to transplant him into this offense. But the people I've talked to, they feel like right now that this is the time to to kind of let him loose. Noah, to me, it's not can he read the playbook. It's not can he absorb the playbook. It's not can he go out there and lead four quarters. That kid looks so much like Jarrett Garrett. He looks so much physically looks like Jarrett Garantano, where I need to see him put on about 25 yeah. pounds of this. I'd hate to see him. And again, football's a violent sport. Anything can happen. Ryan, Noah, I don't want to go out there and see this kid go out there, two-step drop, twig. And guess what, Noah, Ryan, Iowa, two-step drop, twig. 
<laughs> well, I, I think, too, what helps is, like we mentioned earlier, you, that offensive line, you've got a lot of those guys back. I think that's going to uh, help him tremendously. I, I like the supporting cast for him in this game overall. Um, I know you're – like we mentioned, you, you're going to have some guys at receiver that are going to have to step up that, that you know, you got to see more out of, like Caleb Webb or Chaz Nimrod. Uh, but but I do like, you know, Dylan Sampson, a guy that, you know, has played, you know, we're, we're in year two. I don't think there's anything Dylan Sampson's going to do that's going to surprise us, per se, sure. at this point. But but I do think it's going to be interesting to see him get a full game as well as running back one. Uh, but I, I like the fact that you do have a lot of those pieces back on the offensive line. Um, I think that's going to help him as well. But I agree with you. It, it, this is the kind of game where, um, you know, he, he he could certainly take a beating back there if they're not playing well. So, look, I know you guys are very busy. We just wanted to jump in here real quick to break the news that, again, that Nico Iamaliava, or follow up with the news that has been broken, that Nico Iamaliava has been named the starter. Ryan, Noah, I'll let you guys get to your day on this final note. What is kind of the outlook? This is going to be a one game. I remember it was the orange and white game. It was the first look at Nico. That was a little bit of a taster. And then it was the hopes you would see him multiple games and blowouts. You didn't get it in 23. Here we are now at the end of 23, beginning of 24. Here's a little bit of a taster. Final word for you, Ryan. You already said thank you to Joe as you spoke for a lot in the fan base. But for Nico Iamaliava, what do you believe, Noah, Ryan, the expectation should be? Here it is. Game number one, real number game number one for Nico Iamaliava. This is it. This is a point in time in Josh Heifel's tenure. And for Tennessee fans, they've been waiting for this moment. Here comes the kid. Let's see him turn into an adult in front of her eyes. I, I want to see him make the plays that are presented to him. If there is a play down the field, one of those plays that everyone sees the guy is open, make that throw. And he's showing that he can do that. He, he hasn't shown any ability to, to, or he hasn't shown in the past that he's not capable of doing that. I, have, I don't have any memory of him in the limited times we've seen him just outwardly missing a big throw, maybe a little bit of one in the Virginia game, if you can think back that far, but it wasn't egregious. If, if there's a play there, make the play. Right. The thing I want to see continued from him, his pocket presence, the way he's able to kind of get skinny, step up in the pocket, keep his eyes downfield, deliver a throw. I want to see a little bit more of that in the Citrus Bowl as well. This defensive line, the, the, these linebackers, whatever they try to send at Tennessee, they're going to get home a few times. Can Nico, one, protect himself, first of all, get rid of the ball if you have to, uh, don't get killed back there. Two, continue to be able to slip in between your guard and your tackle, get it out of the pocket a little bit, find a leaking tight end, redirect traffic, do, do those things that elite quarterbacks do and show the glimpses of that, and I think I, I would be happy with Nico's performance. He doesn't have to go out there and throw for 303 touchdowns. As long as he shows those flashes here and there with what he has presented to him, I think you have to be happy with it. Noah, 60 seconds. Yeah, I think Ryan's spot on. You know, just it doesn't have to be a, a big-time performance, but glimpses here and there I think are something that, that Tennessee fans can can go into the offseason, you know, pretty content with from him. I, I, I think, too – what Ryan said, the, the plays that are presented to him, I think that was the problem this year with this offense. And it was it was a lot less aggressive than, it's, than it was last season, mm -hmm. I think because of what you had at receiver, because of some of Joe's limitations. But there were plays this year that were open and either, you know, Joe maybe missed on them or maybe a guy dropped them. Um, now, it, it's going to – if it comes down to that, then obviously the receiver is going to have to help Nico out too. But I think Ryan was spot on there. That's kind of what I want to see as well. 
is those plays developing and opening up and him just hitting on those throws. And he doesn't have to, again, do a lot, I think. I don't think there should be a, a big expectation for that to throw for 300 yards. But uh, hitting on a few of those plays, I think, would be very positive momentum for him. Five days from now, three of us will be in the house at camp in World Stadium. It's the Vols. It's the Hawkeyes. That Tennessee team ranked in the top 25 is going to be led by freshman Nico Iamaliava. Everything you need when it comes to the lead-in to the Citrus Bowl, you can read it and find it right here on the Vol Report over on the Tennessee Rivals.